As best we can tell, the pub is shut. That's not appropriate. I can't be any clearer than that. That's what's most important. The pub, that's what's most important. Beers. We had beers. As best we can tell, the dinner party started. Mac is going to get on the beers. End of the dinner party. Almost everybody that has a dinner party has a case of beers. Mac has had a case of beers. Let's that's what's most important. That's what must be done. It's 40 finals. It's time to get on the beers. Episode 58. Sports and spit. Get on the beers. Hey, Maka. Hey, Streety. What an introduction. Yes. Hey, Nugget. Hey, boys. Oh, there we go. Nuggy crap. Beers. We're all drinking through the virtual lockdown. Cheers. <laughs> That's right. This is the uh, episode 58, the 40 finals Festivus. Get on the beers episode. Um, yep. How long have we been in lockdown for, guys? Five weeks. This is five weeks. Wow. Is it really? There you go. Five weeks, I believe. Yep. Start of August, we were due to go away for our boys weekend, our annual trip. Now, annual palooza of male testosterone-based events, and it was shut down. We were due to check in that afternoon, and the lockdown kicked in at 11 o'clock that Thursday morning. That's right. That's right. Because yeah. I was trying to push to leave at 10.30. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yes, I think the lockdown was announced at 11 o'clock, and it kicked in at 5 p.m. Yeah. yeah. Mm. If we had it gone, we'd still be there. <laughs> yeah, five weeks. Port Stevens LGA. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that would, yeah, well, actually, yeah, that wouldn't have been that good. I think there's a bit of, bit of a rough time up there for the guys in Port Stevens. Uh, trust yeah. me, if we're still there, there'd better be a rough time. Let me. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> be hearing that some blasting from the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good lord. Anyway, how well, are you, boys? Are you, the, are you all the boomers well? rose gold? Yeah. Well, what about Pat Mills? Hasn't he done the? Uh, He's done this country a great service, not only just by leading that team to victory, but he sat through quarantine. Now he's doing a bit of a tour of the Indigenous communities of Australia, or obviously Queensland. He's not allowed to tour anywhere else. Um, and, and he's probably going to get back on a plane in about a week's time and go back over to the States for training yeah. camp, won't he? Is he the greatest Australian in the last decade? Oh, well, he's certainly got to be Australian of the year, doesn't he? I mean, name someone better. Don't worry about well, the medical medical profession. Well, <laughs> I was going to say Kerry, Kerry Chance, Chance. probably in the running, but um, she, oh, she I don't know. Patty Mills. No way, not old Aussie Patty, mate. You can't. No, Kerry's got nothing on Patty. Nah, till till Kerry brings out her own t-shirt line, Patty's still got it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the rose gold boomers—they've had their time in the sun. I'm still a little bit high on. Did any, you boys buy any of their merchandise? Did you, Not yet. Did you get they that retro Burma shirt just got on sale today, so I think I might grab one of them. Oh, yeah. it went on sale, as in yeah, yeah. like the Basketball Australia website. You can get that. Ah, okay. Retro Burma shirt. What's that one? Oh, yeah, just yeah. that that black T-shirt with the um, kangaroo. Like a, the oh kangaroo yeah, okay. And, and the Burmas in the text. See, Very see, Paddy, see Paddy's Instagram, mate. He'll he'll all see right. You up. Okay, yeah. all right. I'll yeah. check it out. But yeah, I did too. I bought myself a Boomer's jersey. Uh, did you get one of the commemorative ones? Is that the one you got? No, nah, no. Nah. Okay. So the uh, the I don't know it was one from Rebel, the ASIC. I think it's just the game 
Oh yeah, the Asics one. one from the Olympics. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I got. Yeah. There's okay. also that caricature T-shirt that's uh, getting around. Um, <clears throat> all the players um, holding their medals. Remember, you know, the old um, footy grand final posters with the teams would be yeah. sort of drawn as a, yeah. So there's yep. one of those available and the snapback boomers cap, which looks pretty cool. Jeez, what about us? So you can do about 120 bucks go. pretty easily on some boomers merch. It took them a while to get up to get the merch up there, I must say. So. Basketball straight doesn't do anything quickly, do they? <laughs> no, that's true. No, fair enough. And then what about the Paralympics, boys? Did you catch much of it? I did see a bit. Yep. Um, yep. It was good. I, I I quite enjoyed, you know, I think more than any other time, um, the Paralympic athletes got more press. And I think the coverage really did, mm. did, uh, did them justice. But aside from the events, I think the most compelling thing about the Paralympics was a lot of the backstories and, 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 you know, where these people have come from and how they came to be yeah. a Paralympian and the stories that got them there. And, you know, the fact that they, these were, you know, able, some of them, um, able bodied people who, you know, had, you know, became a, uh, an athlete with a disability as a result of an accident or, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Just yeah. incredible stories of, perseverance and triumph and all that sort of and, stuff and some from only yeah. like a couple of years as in two years ago yeah so people their, like so like, lauren parker in the yeah. women's triathlon for example so only a few years ago she was training for an ironman event when she was hit by i think she was hit by a car she had a bike accident mm. anyway she ended up in a wheelchair but basically she's built a career up now and you know she's really only learning the art of para triathlon and you know she ended up getting a silver medal by the smallest of margins but I think you're right, boys. The the actual, you know, the coverage was really quite good because they had a really good mix of commentators. I think they did a good job of selecting the personalities they had. Mm. But they but they did a great job of telling the story of the athletes, which I think is part of the uh, part of the magic of the Paralympics. Usually, um, a lot of it too came down to Kurt Fernley and just he, mm. his presence on camera and his passion for for these athletes yeah. and their stories. And I think people really bought into that and. And you know they could visibly see that Fernley was moved a lot of a lot of these things, and then you couldn't help be moved watching that, and that just yeah. was, you know instantly more engaging. Yeah, he's probably one of the more genuine people in terms of his passion for the Paralympic movement, and and that doesn't just go for you know you know idiots like me who like to watch it, but he he invests a lot of his time in getting young disabled people into sports so that they get empowered with the hope that they'll obviously end up in the Paralympic movement, but because he got so much out of it, I know that he's very active in trying to encourage and mentor young athletes. And so, you know, it really was quite cool to see him, you know, look at a lot of the people that he had mentored his protégés and, and see them with experiencing a lot of success. It was great. Really good. Yeah. I mean, for people that suffer accidents and, and become, you know, disabled through that and, you know, for a lot of people can go, two ways you can really go down sort of a dark path for a lot of people and yep. you know, they can end up living a life that um you know isn't fulfilling and you know quite sad for them or you know after watching stuff like this they can really you know light a fire and then you know use you know, yeah. you know their, their remaining athletic talent and ability to harness that into you know becoming a paralympic athlete and you know end up places they you know couldn't have dreamt of uh, what were yeah. some of your favorite 
stories, uh, not just of, of Australian Paralympic athletes, but was there any stories that were you found particularly compelling that you sort of was like, wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think um, there was uh, like a huge amount of focus before the games on the Afghani uh, athletes who uh, they didn't think they were going to be able to make the games because of the rise of the Taliban again. Um, yep. And I guess, I guess, really one of the things about the Paralympics for me is right. Like you, you know that these guys, a Paralympic athlete, to become an Olympic athlete, you must overcome so many hurdles and so many setbacks and so many different kind of things that life throws at you. But a Paralympic athlete must overcome double that just to even obviously compete, right? So during the COVID pandemic and these guys, a lot of them from Australia, they weren't they weren't able to kind of compete and all those type of things. But, you know, to hear the story of the Afghani athletes who probably for the first time were going to compete because of the Taliban regime, you know, having been overthrown and those type of things. And, you know, they don't often get an opportunity to compete. And they were on their way there, but unfortunately, because of the civil unrest, weren't able to make it. To see that two of their athletes make it out of that country safely, and then and then to be able to compete was amazing. Even though they had to, one of them had to change events, I believe. Um, that was a really good story. Like I like I really kind of uh, enjoyed seeing that. I think from an Australian perspective, um, oh, like you know. Lauren Parker's was a good one because she was from Newcastle and I've kind of seen her around a bit, you know, doing a bit of training and that sort of stuff. But to think that only two years ago she was an able-bodied athlete and she had an accident and now to have, to have as you said, not taken, not taken a common path to, you know, really wallowing in your accident to, to then embracing that and becoming the athlete that she is to see her lead that paratriathlon event the whole way and only just get pipped on the line. Um, and, you know, that, that was pretty inspiring. Um, yeah. And, you know, even, even the Australian women's goalball team, right? Like they, you know, they're a little bit like our volleyball team in the Olympics. We're not very good at it. We're just not, it's, it's just not really our sport, right? Like we just historically haven't had much success there. The girls lost their first couple of matches, and then they ended up winning a, winning a game. You know, and that's you know that to me is just as inspiring as any of the gold medals. I think, um, but even up to the last day, right? Like Jared Clifford winning silver in the men's um, in the men's marathon, um, and Matty Roger finishing sixth, and he was vomiting the whole way. Like that's just the spirit of wanting to compete and wanting to finish. And then to watch Madison D. Rosario win the gold medal in the women's wheelchair marathon um, when she was coming up. So I don't know if you boys watched that, but there was an American girl who had, who had won the 5,000 metres, I think, earlier that week against almost all of the girls in the women's marathon. And she went out fast. She probably got like a, you know, a good couple of minutes lead on that pack. And Madison had said after the, the race that, you know, the chase package said, we're probably all racing for silver here. We're not going to catch up anyway, but the American girl blew up with about probably five Ks to go. Um, and the chase pack ran her down and there was about four of them in the chase pack and Madison D Rosario on the last hill, basically just put it all in and probably noticed that her competitors were hurting more than she was to push herself about five to 10 meters in front. She almost got run down by a Swiss athlete 
Um, but she just found enough in her to finish and get a gold medal. And like, honestly, mate, I'm like, you know, it's as compelling a sport as what you'll, you'll see in able-bodied competition. It was just awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd probably be my favourites. The one story that, uh, that I thought could well and truly be turned into a movie um, was during the swimming, and they were talking about a Spanish swimmer. He was about 46. So, no, he was 60. Yep. And he was wrongfully uh, convicted and um, of murder uh, yeah. in his 20s. And he served 10 years in a Spanish prison. And, uh, you know, pr- protesting his innocence, he went on mm. a hunger strike for 400 days, I think it was, yeah, or something like that. And uh, as a result, his body got that malnourished that uh, he became a paraplegic and lost the use of his legs from the mm. waist down. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, the courts, you know, upon appeal, upon appeal, found out, you know, new evidence came in and he was deemed not guilty, yeah. uh, released from jail, received a, a pardon from where I think the the, the, the royal family or, or the president, whoever it was. The Spanish king, yeah. yeah. Spanish king, yeah, yeah gave him a royal yeah. pardon and then um, obviously was released and then, you know, all charges dropped, free man. Yeah, uh, but still, obviously, suffered from this you know, debilitating injury as a result of his hunger strike. Took yeah. up swimming to rehab, and then had been, you know, swimming in uh, Paralympic swimming events um, for, yeah. for for ages. You know that that like you can't in your wildest dreams or, or imagination if you're writing scripts or, or you know TV series or a Netflix series, you couldn't yeah. actually think of that. There's no nah. scenario in anyone's brain would come up with that scenario. Yeah. Or write that story, you know. So yeah. this this actually happened, and you, you to to hear that you think, man, that's that's like that's, that's crazy. Yeah, but this yeah, is so yeah. much life, and 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 it's it, right to see in front of your eyes. So yeah, that, that to me was the most one of. Um, that's the one mm. that stands out the most to me. And I, you know, I actually do think that that would make a a pretty amazing um, movie or a, or a short television series, just you know, documenting that that guy's journey. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he, yes, so uh, Sebastian Rodriguez is his name. Um, and not to, I don't think it lessens the achievement of what he's done, um, but actually, so the backstory there is he was a member of, a, of what was declared a terrorist organisation um, that organised, like, you know, random bombings that killed people. Um, and he wasn't, I don't believe he was pardoned, from my understanding, I think he was released because he was extremely ill. So there's a little-known Spanish law that where he basically um, was grants parole to extremely ill inmates. So, um, but once he was out of jail, he began rebuilding his life and kind of denounced his previous life. So he did rehab, but I, but I don't think he was. I don't think it was the that he was innocent. I think he may have still obviously been involved in some pretty bad shit on that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Channel 7, Channel 7 may have embellished that, that history just to uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. not like the media, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What you just yeah. said was uh, a little bit different to the story that was, uh, broadcast on Channel 7, yeah, uh, yeah, Channel yeah, 7 was, was a little bit more rosy, but, but yeah, regardless, uh, <clears> you know, that's a, yeah. pr- pretty hectic to become a para, uh, paraplegic from uh, a yeah. hunger strike for 400 days. That's um. So he's and he's competed at a number of Paralympic events, and I think the other backstory is I think in two thousand when he competed in the Sydney Olympics and won might have been a wheelchair basketball medal. 
uh, he so there was a bit of controversy because he had lied to Spanish officials and told them that he actually came disabled in a car accident. He didn't tell them about the actual history and no one had checked. And then when he won the medal, someone brought up his history. And so they they kind of said to him, oh, you probably should give him back or whatever. But then, you know, in the end, in the end, they, they let him keep him. So, if that was, if that was yeah. 2020, cancel culture would have got him. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Spanish basketball at uh, Paralympic Games has a bit of a mm. you know, sordid history with the uh, infamous uh, ID basketball team from Sydney, a bunch of um, journalists, able-bodied journalists yeah. who um, faked their, their disability. Um, Is that what they were, Street? Were they journalists, were they? A lot of journos, yeah, and they just basically came out. Um, you know, the article recently was in, in the Australian, I think it was. What was ago. their so was their motivation? They were like, what was their motivation? Just to pack of assholes, or what was their go? Like, free trip to Australia, basically, and they saw it as an opportunity to, um, yeah, just. I think the, in the selection process for that team, mm. you just had to pass a basic fitness test. And just tell them that you had some kind of intellectual disability. I think it was like a, an IQ test or mm. something very, very minor in order to get in the team. So a bunch of them sort of got in cahoots and tried out, tried out, inverted commas, and then um, made the squad. But, you know, as the article goes on to say in the paper a couple of weeks ago, that um, they were just whipping everyone. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and then it became apparent that you know, maybe something's not, not right here. Yeah, yeah. Now I think. Uh... Yeah, one of the people that we used to know through our basketball days, Tony Geo, who used to be a Coach. general, general manager. Yeah, he was the general manager of Newcastle basketball when we knew him, but uh, I think he was the coach of that team, wasn't he, the Australian yeah. team? Yeah. That's pretty sad, actually, because I think it's, I think that that's probably one of the reasons why intellectual disability basketball has taken off the, well, the internet, whole, so because it's too hard to manage. Like, it was too hard to well, prove. Right. Yeah, I think it was all yeah. uh, for, for 12 years, I think up until London, I think it was, was mm. I read that all intellectual, uh, intellectually disabled athletes couldn't compete. They, they banned, mm. banned all uh, ID sports. Yeah, right. Uh, mm. And that article was going on to talk about how a lot of these ID athletes suffered, you know, significantly, you know, depression, <clears throat> anxiety, a lot of stuff from that that sort of dream of competing yeah. in a panel which was taken away from as a result of these able-bodied cheats. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's pretty... I, did they serve jail time, those guys? I don't think they did. did they? I'm not no. sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, Paralympics, can, uh, you can see the best of humanity and in some cases, you know, very The hard. very worst of it. Actually, the worst of it. Absolutely. Well, it was good. It was good while it lasted and now only six, well, probably less than six months, you know, yeah. till, uh, till Beijing and the Winter Olympic Games. I know, I know we ragged on Channel 7 for their um, Olympic coverage. Um, saying what they could have done better, but I think they were very, very good with the Paralympic coverage because they, you know, what they showed this time was, you know, far, far better than what we sort of had been granted access to in the past. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and certainly the app helps as well, like to uh, to give them the opportunity to show it on a number of different platforms. Yeah. But the Olympics are over now. Footy finals, boys. Footy, Footy finals. finals. The AFL. Here before we dive in. Well, the AFL is well underway. How about we talk a little bit about the GWS Giants getting through to the second week, Nugget? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> they, they rolled my Sydney Swans in the first week of the finals in an upset. They, they did. And that's what – well, after they won that, I went, I don't care if we get beat by 50. And yep. then we came out and got beat by 50. So, yep. Uh, yep. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But 
for them just just ran out of cattle, which to be honest, it, it's a, a theme with them. And that even when they made the grand final in 19, they were just decimated by injury. The players that played probably wouldn't have played had it not been a grand final. Yep. Uh, is that because their list is top-heavy, Nugget? <laughs> look, maybe. Maybe. And I mean, look, it, it's like anything. And I mean, look, oh, full credit to Richmond. <laughs> um, but, but like Richmond, they've had a run because they've managed to stay healthy or become fit at the right time. Um, yes, they still had one or two injuries, but, you know, it's it's becoming a theme across both codes, which is, look, if you stay healthy, you're going to win it. Um, in saying that, I'm not saying if the Bulldogs or Tigers stayed healthy, they'd win it. Yeah. But, but you've still got to have the talent. But if you can <clears> keep <throat> talent healthy, it's, yeah, it just, well, it's, it's the obvious, but you pretty much, it, projects you straight through to the final sort of thing. And that's yeah. what we're seeing in the AFL. And I mean, you know, four teams left now and, you know, we've got like the Western Bulldogs, they've got a few players that again, would their players be, there's probably three or four that would they be playing this weekend had it not been a a uh, a, a final? Well, probably not. Like Bulldogs kept like Bond and so, so on. I don't think he'd be playing. So so would the would the Giants season and their fate last week um, would that have been different if Toby Green plays? Well, I don't think so. Just him. Now we we had a few other Finlayson, a few others that, well, three two weeks earlier, three weeks earlier we we towed them up on their home ground. Yeah. Um, so I think. Yeah. In answer to the question, with just Toby Green, no, I don't think it gets a lot closer because he's just an absolute talent. Yep. It's not much between the ears, but... Yeah, sure. Uh, but he's not a he's not going to turn around by 50 points, is he? They just not, 50, well. not 50, no. But Do in you, saying that, you know, it's it's moments mm-hmm. that turn can turn games earlier on. And, you know, do they get on a run? Or do did, he deserve, did he deserve the suspension? <sighs> yeah. I don't want to say it, but... Yeah, you of can't. course he did, right? Like he bumped yeah. the umpire. Like it's yeah, just... uh, it was a bit, get out of his way. What's he doing standing there? But um, yeah, there was definite intent. The, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like you, you can look, see like someone runs it. in some of the shops and it's an accident. It's like the, the ones the bumping. ones that I'm more peeved at is and again you see it across both codes is just the inconsistency of it. Now, not Toby Green. Take that. I guess he had to go. Like, and to be honest, three weeks. Look, you. As he did take that shut up and run, for, for Gill to come out and go, no, we're challenging it. So you're challenging your own decision. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But then, so they, whatever happened with that? They've appealed the decision. Are they not going to appeal it until after the finals? Are they? After the finals, just to that way they focus on the finals as opposed to on Toby Green's extension. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's it shows the just. I don't know, stupidity of their tribunal in that they're appealing their own decision. Like, you are well, the government. You're the repre- government. Body. Now they repre- they're representing, though, that it's an independent tribunal and they have nothing yeah. to do with the decision. They so try it's, like a, it's like an independent court of law that they go to and ask for the suspension to be this long, yeah. don't they? So. Yeah, but they try and do that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, you, you take that aside, yes, mm-hmm. he deserves a week. You can't do that in any sport. Yeah. But then you've got like Geelong players this week playing that 
again, if there are other players, they're not playing because they're suspended for A, coat hangering, B, elbow to the throat. You know, it's 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 hard to watch now. I may be a bit biased on certain things, but at least a week for a few of those players. But that's footy. Well, I don't think you might be biased. I mean, you're biased because it's your team, right? Like, I mean, anyone's yeah. going to say that. But like, yeah. you know, and you, you are biased, but that's, you know, that's okay. Who's not? Who isn't? But... Yeah, okay. I've got a question yeah, for you guys. But... Um, so we often talk about teams having a window, uh, you know, championship window or a window of contention, and it happens across all sports where you, you have your your runs. And you know, um, we all know that uh, in order to win a premiership or a championship, you know, a, a certain degree of luck comes about that. And you know, if, when luck combines with your championship window being open, then of course, you know, every chance <clears throat> is there to win, and teams usually do. Um, but I just want to highlight the Brisbane Lions uh, just in this example. These guys have been gifted the golden opportunity of playing home finals during a you know, COVID-affected season up in, up in the Gabba. And they've blown uh, two week two games as you know, one of the top contending teams. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Have they, you know, is it fair to say that they've choked two years in a row on golden opportunities to make a grand final? I th- I think first year probably a bit, but this year just it's worth its weight in gold. A home final with your home crowd, you would think they would come out and blitz it. Um, with the with the again the players they had, um, they've got a good roster. But you know, there's Neil's come out today and said he's not going anywhere. He's staying, but yeah, again. As you talk about windows, I don't think a window is closed, but at the same time, there's got to be some questions asked in that two years in a row, you're getting knocked out when, you know, probably last, year, probably last year, they probably should have gone a bit further, I would have thought. But Yeah, yeah. I, look, I agree. I don't think you could argue that, that they haven't blown two golden opportunities. I think that's, you know, they absolutely have. You won't, you won't. Yeah, well, shit, who knows, right? Under this whole COVID thing, but who knows what's going to happen. But, like, you know, you wouldn't feel, I, I wouldn't feel like that you're going to get an opportunity where the majority of the season is played in your home state, including most of the finals games that you're playing, um, unless you're a Victorian team like Richmond Tigers who get it all handed to them. But, like, you know, um, <laughs> but, you know well, you know, but like, um, but, so, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, but I don't necessarily think that means their window has closed. I think they've got a young enough list. I think if they had a lost Lockie Neal, that maybe, you know, oh, he'd probably go, oh, well, who knows, you know, that's a bit of a, you know, that could be a struggle. But I, I think if with him coming out today and saying I'm staying, you know, I feel like they could potentially still be a pretty good side. Um, they'll be up there thereabouts next year as well, I think. And where does that fourth quarter rank in terms of, you know, recent you know, in the last decade of, uh, of footy, I, I would rate that well and truly in sort of, you know, the, the top three to five fourth quarters that I've, I can ever remember, just in terms of, you know, how close that game was and the way it was decided and, and all that. It was a, it was really, 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 really good AFL footy. It's a game yeah. that gets sloppy sometimes, hard to watch, but that was compelling AFL footy. was great. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, I agree with you, Trini. It was a, it was a hell of a game. One of the things I like about AFL is that it, like, it seems to have really good finals games, right? Because it's an effort game. It's a game of perpetual motion. It's a lot like basketball. 
So, you know, when there's a big game of basketball or there's a big game of AFL and the players turn up for it, you know, you know, you know that they're just throwing themselves into absolutely everything and they're almost about to vomit and they're just giving it everything they've got. And and so, you know, that's what I really like about um, about finals, AFL finals and finals footy. Um, it really feels like that and it's just really, it, it adds a lot to the excitement of it. And, um, yeah, and so, look, I feel like that, Final quarter was probably one of those, you know, one of those times where you just sit and you just go, these guys are just building each other. You know, it's just yeah. a fantasy. That goal by that bloke with the mullet. I mean, that guy, I think if it came down to a grand final of, of, of current 2021 haircuts, it'd be that guy versus Ryan Pappenhausen in the final for the best haircut of 2021. Um, well, I'd question the word best there, but yes. There's well, some cheap cuts there. The best worst haircut, but <laughs> I gotta say the, the mullets are in and they're they're not going away anytime soon. They're um in all, all sorts of iterations, but uh so, so the two prelim the two prelims this weekend, the four teams that are left. Tomorrow the Melbourne D's play Geelong. Yep. Who's gonna win that game? Go the D's. Yeah, I want I want want Melbourne to win. I do don't you, know. Do you do you fear that? Geelong's experience will show through. Well, I honestly don't know because, mm. the, again, I thought Geelong's experience week one would have shown through, yeah, and they were found wanting big time. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I don't know how much confidence they take over beating the Giants, um, when you know that I, I didn't think they played that well. Mm. Um, Geelong did like, yeah, they smashed them, but at the same time, you didn't look at them and go, geez, they're a step above, they're brilliant, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. So, whereas there's been a few times, and I suppose this would be another one for Melbourne in that they were promising over the last couple of years as well, mm. and sort of had that four short moment. So, yeah, I just think with their well, you look at their finals experience now, I'm not saying it's a plethora of. And yes, I just use the word plethora. I think it's the beers coming through. <laughs> beer. Get but on the beers. Get on the beers. I don't know that you even know what that means. No, you no, I don't. No, I heard it on the radio. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Some of them are saying, I don't know. I'm going to have a plethora of beers as well. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I mean, they don't have the final experience that a lot of those Geelong players, but again, they've got recent finals experience, recent hurt there. So mm. I think like Brisbane didn't do, I think Melbourne will do. And you know, yeah. take that, that, and I just want to fucking fuck the cats. <laughs> also, too, is it, it yeah, yeah. Ah, it, fair enough. It'd be nice enough. if Geelong just went away, wouldn't it? And then they're always there. Yeah. It's kind of just annoying. But I think the Rightfully D's probably have a bit cats. of a, yeah, a sentimental um, thing oh. for a lot of sort of you know non-Melbourne supporters or even your casual AFL fan, given that the 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 drought of, of mm. since Melbourne's last win. I mean, I know I've got. From, from growing up, probably four or five, six mates that are, you know, solid, really dedicated Melbourne fans, um, like uh, hardcore it, fans. Mate, those guys have just been in the wilderness for a, a very, very long time. And I can definitely relate to how they're feeling in terms of, you know, just wanting their team to just win it bloody once so I can so I can witness it sort of thing. Um, so, you know. I, I, are you going to talk about, is this where you're going to talk about the Sharks? No, I'm not, not going to mention that. Okay. Just, I feel like you're building up to a Sharks it, reference. It, it, it just no, no. kind of did. So let's move on to the don't other story, But for those guys, I really hope Melbourne win. 
But also, I, I did put uh, a nice little bit on to win the flag after the end of the uh, regular season. So I've got a vested interest in the D's as well. <laughs> but I do think that they'll win tomorrow. Ah. And uh, I do think that they will win the premiership. Um, I think this year is all set for a fairy tale. And I think the Melbourne Demons are going to take that one. Yeah, you heard it first, Hunters. There you go. And the and other our, game. Yeah, the other Saturday's, game. Saturday's game, Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs. Have the Western Bulldogs run their race? Have they played their grand final? Oh, I think I so. Think, I think a dog is going to win. Ooh. Yeah, Bulldogs Ooh. win. Yeah. Going so I say that because I don't, I don't have any form or not, not a lot of knowledge on Port Adelaide, just that I don't really like him. And I, I love to drive the mullet <laughs> and I just want him to be in the grand final so I can watch him play again. <laughs> Just with him getting on the on the cans. He'll, so he'll be on like, the beers. Imagine all like the Westies again. You know, they, they, they went crazy in 2016 when they won the flag. I, I want to see that, you know, all West Melbourne and Footscray and all those, those Yahooers going again. The dog, doggies win. <laughs> Yahooers. The Yahooers. <laughs> Look at that. The nah, bloody Yahooers. Getting on I, the beers. Yeah, I, think, the beers. I think we haven't seen Port click just yet. Over the last couple of weeks, and I think we'll see it on the weekend that they're going to. My tip: they're going to absolutely smash the dogs. So, Again. so if you talk about form, right? Like Port Adelaide, probably out of the four teams left, form-wise, probably would be the favourites to, to take the flag from here, right? Mm. Um, now, obviously, the D's have had a good year and finished top of the table, but you just get the feeling that Port have got another level to go to. Whereas mm. I feel like. The D's are playing at their at, at their peak at the moment, but you feel like if they show up and go to that next level, then Portal Portal win the whole thing. How much yeah. can a sixty thousand seat Optus Stadium in Perth um, get behind a team? I'm going to assume that uh, let's just say for you guys, the Port Adelaide win through, and so so do the Demons. I would imagine that the Demons will be the overwhelming uh, supported team in that game. I can't see Western Australians get behind Port Adelaide over Melbourne. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, if you've got 60,000 people hating on the um, hating on Port Adelaide, what sort of a goal advantage is that? Is that, is that worth two to three goals? En- enough to decide a game? I don't think there'd be that much sway per se from the crowd there. If I mean, different story if it's a WA team in there, then that's worth. And again, you go back to Brisbane and the opportunity they squandered this year as far as, you know, that home ground advantage in, and Macca pointed out that the finals in the AFL, it is that close and everyone's absolutely ripping in. So if you've got that crowd support behind you, it does step you up. So I, I don't think there's, unless, no, I don't think the, the crowd sort of tips them over. Yeah, I think if it, if it goes Port Melbourne, I think Port get up. I think half the bloody half the players are probably a bit scared of playing in front of a crowd at the moment. They haven't played in front of one for so long, like or, yeah. you know, yeah, big I mean, ones like sixty thousand. Like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it'll be a, a bit of an adjustment. Um, yeah, yeah. In that in that scenario, like the the Western Australians hate Adelaide more or Melbourne when it comes to footy. Oh, uh, well, I I would suggest that they probably hate Melbourne a little bit more. But mm-hmm. I mean, one of the good things about AFL is 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 that their clubs do AFL clubs do a really good job of um, of of actually like um, maintaining memberships that people across the country 
have. You know, like Nugget doesn't live in Sydney and he's a GWS member. Um, but I know, you know, there's, so you usually do get pretty good, a pretty big amount of people turn up, right, like for, for away games. Um, and WA itself, you know, they'd be right up for it because they'd love the fact that they're able to go and do it and we're not allowed to do it, you know. So oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's sell out. It'll be, it'll be 60,000 people there irrespective of who they go for. But, uh, and that's the just, thing, they love their footy. And, I mean, we saw it last week, I'm sorry, the week before when all the games are in. Oh, they weren't all, but you know, Adelaide and Tassie, even Tassie, mm. like when they scanned to the crowd, and like there was um, like a ton of Swans fans there. There was the end of the Giants that you know they had a I won't say thousands, there was probably a good hundred people there, like that, and then heaps of well, Swans. You know and you saw you saw the members' beanies, and yeah, like you said, they Almost. do a good job. All those Swan yeah. fans were all the rich Swans fans who got out of Sydney just as uh, as their lockdown started. <laughs> their, uh, their holiday yeah, yeah, in Tasmania. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. And their memberships transferred over to go to the game. They, they that just hopped, might have been right. They just hopped in their yachts and did a Sydney to Hobart on the street. Yeah. Yep. I think you might have been right, boys. I think that probably Robin is Carter. it. So. so out of those four teams, what's your tip for the grand final? Who's going to be there? Yeah, I, I think... Demons, Bulldogs, so I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm who's going to win? So are the D's going to win? Yes. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go Demons, Port, and Port to win a close one. Although, would love to see the Demons win. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I'm going for Geelong, then, if you boys are all going that way. Oh, fuck you. Oh, you're just, gonna, <laughs> you're just doing that to be, be, be like that. Fuck Geelong. Geelong, fucking Port Adelaide will be, sorry, yeah, Geelong, Port will be the grand final, and Geelong will take it. So, I think it was at 2007 or nine, Geelong beat Port Adelaide by about 500 points in um, in, in their grand final. I think it was 07. Yeah. Although, with your track, it was 160 to, I don't know, it was massive. Big win. In fact, I'm going to have to rewind there and thank you, Macca, for going for Geelong. Why? Because you put the kiss of death on them. So, I like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yes, the truth. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably true, actually. I have a pretty good <laughs> kiss of death. I, look, I, no, my, my actual, so my, you know, my arsehole says, well, that's what's going to happen because I just want to go against you blokes. But also, probably my heart probably tells me that I'd really like the demons to, to, to win it because I love a good story of, you know, length of time. Um, you know, so. I think from their perspective, not having had success for so long, I'd love to see that. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's exciting. Does that, uh, does that mindset translate over to the NRL, which is a great segue because we're segue yep. to the NRL now. Does oh, that about, so the oh, finals oh. footy is about to start. Definitely does, the sentiment does not does not <laughs> carry over to the Knights. So you're uh, no, well, not night. even that. Hang on. have the longest drought in the NRL. Yeah. No. On, did, didn't you pick the Knights to win the spoon? Yeah, probably. I probably yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was just a that, that was that was basically just to take focus attention off the bulldogs and how bad <laughs> they were going to be. <laughs> oh, well, they finished on a good note. Oh yeah. Well, well, good. Uh, good luck us. Well, we. Uh, it's all right. You've been you've been saying it all week, haven't you? You know, you're only as good as your last game. Well, you are right. Like, well, but you know, but I, but I must say. When your last game is beating the West Tigers, that doesn't make you very good at all. <laughs> How do you think the all. West Tigers feel after filming that documentary series? Oh, why did they just, do that? <laughs> they're just finishing the season. The like what? Like what do you think they got out of that as a club? Do, doesn't don't you think it just devalued their product? 
I think they'd signed their contract before they gone as bad as they'd gone. In the, okay, I think so that, I think they had the the vision of the AFL Tigers and thought, look what they yeah. did when they let them behind. Let's yeah. Still run it. I think it's what they did is it's, it's, it's sealed sealed uh, Michael Maguire's fate as their coach. I mean, I I can't see that being tenable. Oh, mate. I, I agree. I, like I think to to provide that insight and and show you know, what he asked those players to do and, you know, and, and then to see that they basically just went, nah, we're good. Nah, we're yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, there, was, there was no response. There just wasn't any response from them at all. Like, you know. Um, Absolutely zero. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, there's a story today about Josh Reynolds who, you know, ironically was, wasn't part of Maguire's plans and was an $800,000 reserve grader for a, most of the year last year. I think, was he released? Didn't play this year, was released, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, yeah, I think he was. interview just said that he believes that the players just don't Gave play up the type of game that Maguire wants to, and Maguire's just a bit old school. And, you know, oh, that, if you're going to have that mentality as a, player, as a coach, you've got to have the roster to match. That was very um, clear, though, in that TV show, in that mm. it, it, you sort of looked at him, and at first you felt sorry for him because, like, he's putting in everything and these players aren't responding. Yeah. And then towards the end, he was, you know, yeah, I was sorry. It was about halfway through the season, you know, when uh, Tommy Radonikas passed away, and you know, let's do it for Tommy, and they pretty much, I think they were yeah, down yeah. 30, 30 nil at like the half. Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did like they just and they just didn't turn up, right? And there was no, they there was a lot of commentary throughout the year when those episodes are coming out from past players about the lack of leadership shown within the dressing room in that footage. Now, whether or not it was edited out or or what, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But it was pretty evident that there wasn't really anybody standing up in that dressing room and saying, fellas, this isn't good enough, right? Like, we are just not putting in here. Um, yeah, it was really – that was really quite sad. So, I don't know if they got, they got gun shy and just didn't want to be up on camera. I mean hmm. – The fact that – and I think the producers sort of figured that when they started to do – side pieces yep. on like on like Ronnie Palmer and the trainers and you know the, the fitness and it's like hang on isn't this on the team like why are we doing a side piece on Ronnie? as much as you loved it Mac it oh, look I look Ronnie Palmer's a great man Ronnie Palmer's the best player ever to play the game but did it but but did he deserve front and center on a couple of documentary episodes probably not like, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's always dangerous that, it's dangerous when you have a show like that and obviously, mm. the inspiration was that sort of, you know, that um, the one on Amazon with, with Richmond, right? Um, because that was produced really well, filmed really well. But AFL just does everything just a little bit better than the mm. NRL. And that was really evident in those two contrasting TV shows. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Like, I, I definitely sort of felt a little bit sorry for Madge in, in parts. I'm just like, mate, mm. no one cares. Like, you're... But you, you, no, you, you no, honestly... No and you're looking at both with the AFL. And, and to be honest, I, I looked at Madge and saw a bit of Hardwick there in terms of, you know, he was just trying to reach them on their level. And that was the just blatantly obviously difference that <laughs> Richmond would come out and fight back from 30 nil down or, or six goals behind and and win the game. They'd be down 30 nil and get beaten no, 60 to 6 or something. Have- and the NRL probably have a few other barriers uh, when it comes to, you know, effective communication with players that the AFL don't necessarily sort of encounter. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, but, you know, I, one of the things that baffled me about that whole kind of episode, like, was that like, what's probably baffled me about the Tigers for years. They're so hot and cold. Like, yeah. they can, like, you know, so in that Radonicus game at Leichhardt Oval, they were horrible in the first half and got booed off, right? But if they'd only played to one tenth of what they did in the second half, they, you know, like, they'd, they would have been much more competitive in that game if not won it, you know? Yeah. And it, 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 well, as Madge said, it's just down to effort, boys. Let's show a bit of effort. And yeah. again, towards, and I'm almost uncomfortable watching episodes of it now because yeah, yeah, we're not even up to the Melbourne game when they were scoring at a point a minute for the first hour. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's just 60. Uh, 60 we're not even up to that yet. And it's already uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of these coaches like Madge came out of the Melbourne Storm system. Anthony Seabold came out of the Melbourne Storm system. Um, a lot of these guys, Stephen Carney, um, out mm. of the Melbourne Storm But a lot of those guys have just failed miserably at other clubs. Mm. Um, so I guess it just goes, it's a testament to the storm and, and what they've instituted over the you know, 10, 15 years that they've been around. Um, just with oh, their roster yeah. and coaching that you can't, you can't replicate, you can't, you know, just because a coach is in there coaching in the Melbourne Storm, that's not going to guarantee success when that assistant gets a job with a different club. Just no. because there's so many intangibles that don't transfer across when an assistant takes a, a role with another club. Yeah. But it just it goes to show it's a system and a culture, isn't it? You know, like yeah, it's a, definitely, you know, definitely. Um, and, and it's, yeah. But if any of our listeners hasn't haven't watched the Tiger Town, that's um, don't bother, don't bother because we just told you about it. So. Well, it was on Fox Sports. You can catch the remaining episodes on Comedy Central. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So the games the this week. Comedy Central would have been if they had done one about Cronulla. That would have been a comedy <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, might have been about the Bulldogs. It might have been bloody. That might have been. An, they made him one on one of the death channels. Like, ah, let's let's yeah. talk about the teams in the finals. Up yeah, the exactly. So let's not touch the Knights just yet, idiot. <laughs> All right. Let's just talk firstly about tomorrow night's game. <laughs> Melbourne Storm, with the greatest culture probably in Australian sports and probably one of the most successful franchises, up against one of the most hated, the Manly Sea Eagles. First versus fourth, boys. Will the Storm get run down? They haven't been in the greatest form the last couple of weeks. All they right. haven't. Can I just say? As I long say, as there's no sharks in this. No, yet. no, 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 no. Manly, you're right. Are one of the most hated teams ever, right? Doesn't matter yeah, who you support. Yeah. You everyone yeah. hates Manly, right? But yeah. after watching, you know, I've got to say this year, their brand of footy. You're excited they, by their brand of footy, aren't you? I, I love. You know what? I hate to say this, but I really enjoy watching men play footy this year. It, yeah, it, right. it, it kills me to say that, but they by far the most enjoyable team to watch. Um, Tommy Turbo is just unbelievable. I mean, I don't know what he took after he, he did his hammy racing that kid on the Manly. Uh, oh, on the on the on the yeah, out on the um, Corso, the Manly down Corso, the, on the Corso down in front of the Stain. You know, you're racing blokes for you know ten ten buck races. Um, that kid almost got him, and Tommy Turbo's hamstring didn't look good, but he had some magic juice after that. And whatever you had. I want some because that just cured him to just become this superhuman. Um, what a season, first first of all. Like, uh, Have you seen a season from a player in that sort of form ever? Mate, he, like, he has been pretty red hot, right? Oh, he's been 
it, it, some of the tries he scored are freakish. In yeah. that he's just, it, it's almost laugh. It was, it was like, it reminded me of one of Jared Haynes' try, uh, tries from a while back where he just pretty much ran around the whole team, turned around and then ran back through them again. And scored. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but, I mean, in, if you talk about form, the thing that, that closely resembles Turbo's season this year is Jared Haynes of 2009. Yeah. When he yeah. had that eight, eight or nine game run, that was that was yeah. impressive. I mean, and this and is it's turned out good. turned out well for Jared this year as well. But um, oh. but he's now yeah. playing in the Long Bay Penal League. Long Bay Penal League, but penal being the um, choice word. <laughs> but in regards Pen, to Manly, penal, not penile. <laughs> yeah. Sit on the uh, in regards to Manly, I I can already foresee it this weekend. I'll get beat by thirty, and Turbo will do a knee. Because oh. I, I love Manly. Well, that's not very nice. That's how much I love Manly. There's no way I'm going to say I like watching Manly. Yeah, but you, I didn't, like have watching, to, you didn't have to jinx it, bloke. I like watching the 97 grand final, let me tell you. But that's about the only time I like watching Manly. But uh, I don't know if I feel very comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, my, but, my normal, yeah, Manly hating self. But I th- across, I think across the board... Uh, Melbourne, you're right, Macca, haven't been in that greater form. No, I not think, recently, have they? I, I, yeah. I think that's – but, again, you come back to their culture and they seem to do it every year, the bastards. Mm. But finals time, Bellamy shoots something, a rocket, because they just go quick and it's – yeah. So, I, yeah, I, think, I, f- oh, I feel I, like there'll be a – yeah, oh, he'll be – I don't know. I think he'll – he's been flogging them at training, I reckon. Yeah, and to, and and you oh, you can already see this. Is it tomorrow night? Okay. Tomorrow night, yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, night yeah. tomorrow Friday night. So yeah, and you can already see. You know, they'll be chicken wing. They'll be gang tackling Tommy. They'll be bloody. Yeah, right. Here we go. Okay, Nugget, I I hundred percent agree. I think there's no better team that that's more physical and can can bend the rules in the storm. You know, I think you know you talk about. Manly's brand of footy this year being really, really entertaining. Um, you know, their wingers and backline, Garrick and uh, Jason Saab, who could quite comfortably, if he really put the work in, be an Olympic 400-meter runner. He, he's for Australia. He's pretty quick. Um, those guys can, you know, I think, what, scored five, four or five 50-point games this year. Um, that was a record uh, for the most 50s in a season. But I think the foil for Manly is Melbourne's backline can match them, you know what I mean? They've got Fox... Uh, Justin Olam, who's, you know, a big Fox, big Fox is out, mate. Fox is out. Oh, is he out? Yep. Oh, shit. What, hurt or just didn't get picked? Hurt. No. Okay, well, I might okay. change my... Oh, okay. You don't get So who are you tipping straight? Are you tipping the Seagulls? Well, I, I, well, going in, if I before I heard ahead of that, I was saying that Melbourne would have would win tomorrow night. Yeah. Between sort of four and eight points, but I don't know now. Um yeah, I don't know. What about you, Nub? Who are you going to tip? I'll yeah, like, Melbourne just. Come in the finals time, Melbourne find another gear as they do. So, what about yeah. you, Mac? Uh, yeah, I think I think the Storm, I, I do think Bellamy's foxing them a little bit in terms of, you know, he's probably been flogging those blokes at training, getting him ready. Um, and I think, I think their brand of football is far superior to anything anybody's playing in the league. And, I, yeah, I think they'll roll manly. But it'll be a good game. It'll be one of those games we spoke about um, 
you know, where you just, you know, that both teams are giving it everything they've got. So I'm excited to watch that game, actually. It'll be a good one. Be a good night of footy tomorrow night. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and so moving on to the Saturday afternoon or 540 uh, Roosters Titans. Honestly, this this could be round thirteen. You couldn't give a shit about this game, really. Like honestly, yep. the, yep. the Titan. Are you serious? The Titans, fucking dead. Like, they, they, hey, they had a uh, convincing win against the Warriors. Oh, fuck, I would have rather see the shark. I would have rather. I would have rather see the Sharks hold on to eight spot, mate. That, <laughs> I can say something. So, what did happen in the Sharky Street? It blew up. Well, I mean, not really. They had a decent end of the year. Um, you know, well, they didn't have a very good end because they didn't make the finals. No, well, they didn't, but the end of the year was better than the start. Um, well, if that's your bar, then, you know, the, the Bulldogs had a good know, like year. If, the Bulldogs had a good year, then if that's your bloody barrier, if that's all you're judging it on, then the Bulldogs had a well, good year. Well, I mean, put it this way. If, if, if you, you sack your coach and you lose five in a row and then, you know, it's looking like you're going to finish in the bottom three and you wind up in the last week, chance to make the finals, the second half of the year was better for them than the first half. But if you're going to delusional, win, delusional. Fucking you win that, 10 games and you're going to lose 14, you don't deserve to make the finals. And the same no, goes for no. the Titans. So really, you know, like Knights were 12 and 12. It would be fair to say if you just, you know, let's just have a top six this year and, you know, one of those six teams probably, that, that should be the finals. Um, I don't think seven, eight deserve to make it. So is this a typical case of eight spot, you're there to make Make up the numbers. The Titans aren't doing anything against the Roosters, are they? The Titans well, might again, put up a good half, um, but again, you talk about teams that are a bit out of form. The Roosters have not been world beaters the last couple of weeks. That's true. Yeah, they haven't been going that well, have they? Uh, they did play well against the Raiders last week. You know, the Raiders had did. everything to play for. They did, but did they play that well, or did, was it just the Raiders that shit? So I think the, I mean, the Roosters look good in in, in parts. Um, mm. I think ultimately the Roosters, you know, use the word culture. You know, their their culture, their you know, the sum of the last five years. You know, them knowing how to win. You know, got them that that win last week. I think they can go one extra this week. I do I have a bit of a I do have a bit of a fear with the Roosters though. That what you were saying a little bit earlier about Maguire and the players being sick of his playing style or coaching style and not really and starting to switch off. I feel like the Roosters' culture might have gotten um, Trent Robinson through a little bit, and and I feel like maybe the players are starting to switch off to him. Um, I, f- I feel like they might be, yeah. And that's evidenced in some of the re- finals results they've had. I'm going to push back on that just a mm. little bit. I think this yeah. year especially with all their adversity they've faced with injuries, I, I think Robinson has probably been mm. the, key, the key guy to bring them all together, and I think... With, it, with any other coach, they wouldn't have done as well as what they've done to finish in that sort of, you know, fifth fifth spot. Yeah, not the worst. Yeah, it's not the worst point you've made. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, then, uh, I'm, I'm tipping the Roosters win. I think it'll probably be an entertaining game with some points scored. Um, mm. I just kind of think that the, the Titans saved their best for last. You know, last week, it was their biggest ever win and they were pretty red hot against a shit Warriors team. I mean, fuck. All they had to do was lose by 10 or less and then <laughs> couldn't even do that. But didn't they implode? Didn't they go out with a bang, the Warriors? Like they oh, I mean, it, it was fantastic if you like <laughs> street fights. I mean, they had three blokes <laughs> in the bin at the one time. You had Matt Lodge, who's, you know, been taken to court or wherever he did for smashing up hotel. He, he went full New York hotel room yeah. on that game of the weekend. Yeah, 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 and then he had a carefully crafted apology 10 minutes after the game. It was just 
which was which was very disingenuous, wasn't it? Like, it was, 100%. Right, yeah. like, he did not I mean, write. The Warriors that. lost 100%. their shit big time. It was terrible. It, it was uh, email cut and paste this hit and post. I, I, I was. Say, though, yeah. I haven't seen the wheel. I haven't seen the wheels fall off a team like that for a long time. That was. Oh, I, I like seeing. like a plane just good. crashing into into the fucking Tasman Sea. Yeah, it was hard to look. It was hard to look away while that was happening. I said they only had to lose by ten. <laughs> <laughs> they lost forty four nil. Only had to lose by ten. It's like fucking. How hard is it, guys? Like. <laughs> But have you seen the footage? 10, the, the, the result will be the same if it's the Titans or the Sharks. The Roosters would win. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you seen the um? Have you seen the footage of Turbo's last minute try with with overlaced with the boys who had the multi on? I think it must have been one of the bets that, <laughs> that they lost. lost they 6, lost. <laughs> yeah. So they were up for a six thousand dollar collect, and when it went into the Eagles, they were basically celebrating. And then, and then old mate runs it out, and they're like, "Hold on a second, <laughs> go down, go down, go down." <laughs> Manly can score a try. I mean, the oh, only other teams I remember one of the best beats I've ever seen. Here's a question for you: If you had, if you had that multi, mm. you were full as a gook on the sideline. Would you run on and tackle him? hundred oh, percent. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I would try to, yep. <laughs> then I would be out of there. As well, the problem is the, the fine you get just, um, you know, it levels probably, out. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, really cover your fine, so mm. is it really worth it? Yeah, yeah. true. True. Yeah, but but, it's, again, but but we're talking about people who wouldn't be making very good decisions here. Like, you exactly. know, I guess <laughs> they, they probably wouldn't said. have the foresight to think, okay, if I tackle him, run on the field, five grand fine. I'm looking mm. at, a, you know, a, a win of, you know, five and a half, six thousand. But then I can't ever go to an NRL game again in my life. You know, am I yeah, going to make this, this choice? That's why I chucked in. You're full, you're full as a good. Yeah, because uh, all of those things, all of those things are relevant except for the decision-making ability to. That's why you wouldn't have got past it. Yeah. You wouldn't have got past two things running right through your mind is, do I run on or do I just throw my beer at him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've got the Roosters uh, and the Titans. That's that's. All pretty, right. Uh, so I, no, I'm going the Titans. I'm going the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> There's right, I said. Just to but show so, you how valuable eight spot is. Well, okay. So here's the thing: you just said, you made a good point. Great segue into the Saturday second game, Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. Second versus third. This is where I've got an upset happening. Wow. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And On what basis? So I think the Rabbitohs are a little bit like the Storm in the sense of I feel like they have kind of put it in cruise control. And I feel like they are they're they're ready to go. But it's funny though because I think I'm I'm ultimately at the end of this I'm going to tell you that I think the Panthers will win the grand final. Mm. Mm. So I think so, this would be the wake up call for them. I mean that's a pretty good call, Macca. The Rabbitohs finished twenty and four this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe one of their best ever regular seasons. Um, yeah. But they're currently nowhere in the conversation in terms of a, you know winning the premiership. It's really between Penrith and Melbourne. Um, yeah. So the Rabbitohs may be one of the best teams ever to not even be considered to, to win the comp. Mm. Um, to finish on 40 competition points, just, you know, two wins off the minor premiership when you had Melbourne winning, you know, 18, 19 in a row. Penrith yeah. doing the same last year. Um, flying mm. under the radar. But I think with no, no Luttrell, um, as much of a head case he, as he is, I think that, you know, he's... He, he, He's a big game player. You know, he, he's pretty good. I think Penrith will win that. Uh, and I actually think Rabbitohs go out in straight sets. Yeah. 
without is that because no Latrell? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I'd like that to happen is because that would then put the Storm and the Panthers on the same side of the draw in the preliminary final in a couple of weeks. Opens um, up a fairy tale spot. Well, it just means that there's a different player in the in the grand final, right? Yeah. So maybe it's me hoping, you know. Mm. No, you're right. The Mighty Knights just finished off their dream season. Yep, you're right. Well, I mean, that, that, that's a good point. If Macca talks about Rabbitohs winning and Penrith moving over to the Melbourne Storm side of the draw, provided they beat Manly, then we're looking at the team with the current longest premiership drought in the NRL, Paramount, 30-something years. Um, hard to sort of compute that when you actually look into it, that Parramatta, of all the teams, have the, have the longest premiership drought. When we all know them from their, you know, heydays in the 80s, and then we quickly remember that we're sort of in our early 40s and that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. um, so the Parramatta and the Knights, um, six versus seven. Can, um, they, can the Knights do anything in this final series, Nugget? No. I reckon we'll have a good second half, about the first 10 minutes in the second half. Mm. I think we'll go all right there. But the uh, problem will be they've already put 20 on us by then. So, yeah, final score, 24 to 6. Uh, but, no, nah, it's... Knight's attack is just atrocious, as it has been. Defense is very sketchy. In saying that, Parramatta, okay, they've had a couple of good games to finish off. Um, again, I wouldn't call them. Well, you look at their when oh, going back to Streety's halves of the season, they started off brilliant with absolutely terrible through that midsection. In that, you thought, and to be honest, it's it's only that they had that good run that yeah, you know, they managed to get six spot really. In that, yeah, that, yeah. that they were terrible. Like that was Tigers terrible. Well, they've they've really their trajectory. If you talk about if you take Streety's evaluation of the Shark season, where their first their second half was better than first half, whatever you fucking said, they like that. That's been the opposite for them, right? Their first half was way better than their second half, and mm. and they are you know they're they're not in very good form. I actually think I hate the Knights, you know that, but um, I. I don't think the Knights will win, but I think this will be close. I think on the basis of um, the, of how of how bad the Eels are travelling at the moment, I think this will be a close game. Hmm. I think, uh, yeah. Um, and any side with Kalen Ponger in it is a possibility of winning. Is a well, that's the thing. He's, that's a good point. Hmm. He is a bit of a freak. So. Ponger at one, right? But this is where I think where the game will be lost for the Knights is in the two, three, four, and five, mm. um, mainly on, you know, on the defensive side of things. So you've got Kurt Mann and uh, Anari Tuala on one edge, um, you know, and then uh, Heimel Hunt and Bradman Best on the other. So you've got Walker Blake and Blake Ferguson. You know, I think uh, Virgo has been in the other side. is only really back in because Michael Sebo's out with, with his ACL. Mm. But, uh, you know, Fergo is an experienced player, rep player. I expect that – I think he'll score a try on the weekend. Um, yeah. And I, I just think the Knights' defence out wide on, on both the left and the right edge is probably going to be their, their biggest weakness. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where Parramatta is going to score some points um, on those sides. The other thing, too, like with the Knights, you know, um, 
How good is Mitchell Pierce going to be? You know, like is he so? Is he destined for another club nugget? You think? Is he? Is this the last you'll see him in a Knights jersey? Because I, I read the rumors. Obviously, that he's um. Yeah, I, I mean, he's still got a year to run. Mm. So, I, I think no, he, he'll go around again next year. Yep. In saying that, he's still not right in that hamstring is terrible. In that, yeah, I haven't I, seen. I haven't I think seen him he, since I, last I think, year. Yeah. It was last year, kick an actual ball like mm. a full flight bomb or whatever. He puts these little pissy chips in that yeah. obviously doesn't put strain on his leg. So, yeah, um, that's where like Clifford's been an awesome signing in that he has got an absolute rocket boot on him. He has yeah. been a good one, hasn't he? It, but again, yeah, I, I don't think Pierce is right. So, the only thing I suppose is, and I, again, I don't know. I'm no not in the Knights fraternity in terms of training and so on, but whether or not it's a case of, yeah, they're shopping because they know that he's cooked. So yeah, yeah. all this season, even, yeah, yes, he was out with another peck injury, but even before that, he just he did not seem right. So. Yeah. Yeah. They, I Look, I think like uh, Mitchell Pierce, I think has probably, he's probably going to struggle to play in the NRL at a consistent level in the next two years yeah. right? because of his body, not because of his ability, but because of his body. And I think you'll see him go to the UK where he'd probably be yeah. a bit slower and get a bit more money. Well, he definitely out- outlived my prediction of, of early this year. In our preview, I said that he'd be gone by June 30 and be in the Super League already. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but probably I, a good call, call there, I think, UK. Yeah, and I think he'd be, I think he'll be a pretty good player over there. You know, and and why, wouldn't over you? There. why wouldn't you get paid well, if, if you watch some of the highlights from that, they had the magic round just in the UK last weekend. And yeah. uh, you watch the highlights from those games. Um, there's, there's some NRL players that, you know, were sort of, you know, first grade players, but not what you consider a, a star. And the reason yeah. there's the reason why they're in England yeah. at the moment. Um, oh, you see it time and time again. They go over there and win a golden boot or whatever. And like you know, their equivalent of Dell This is the thing yeah. I don't quite understand, you know, and, and whether or not clubs actually really push hard for players to leave. But Batalia had a heap of issues, you know, with, with his playing, with his concussions, stuff like that. Mm. I watched that game he played for St. Helens versus um, Catalans. He, he looked like one of the best second rows in the world. He was just yeah. running. He was killing it. Um, it was like, man, like, we, we, I don't think, I think we maybe saw that one year in his first year with the Knights when he was a winger and got picked in the Australian team. And then he moved to the second row after that. Um, mm. Yeah, I, th- I think Mitchell Pierce will be a good Super League player, but mm. and I think why he goes you? there because yeah. there's rumours linking him with the Sharks, and I would like that for not for that, that would not be to happen. Fantastic! All right, oh, so man. so last one, winners of the whole thing. Who's winning it? Storm. Storm yeah, I, well, I no, actually, I can't say that because I did say earlier that I was going to tip the Panthers, didn't I? And if the Panthers lose this weekend, then they'll be on the same side as the Storm, so that's impossible. I'm going to tip the Panthers then. Yeah. uh, Storm Panthers again. I can't see the Panthers losing to the Rabbitohs. Um, I think the Storm will win a tight one against Manly. Uh, I think that win won't be the end of Manly, though. I think they'll still make the Final Four along with Parramatta. Um, I think it's Parramatta, Manly, Penrith and Melbourne. But you'll just see those top two teams as the standouts you know, do it quite comfortably in those prelims and 
both end up in the grand final. And mm. Melbourne playing at Suncorp. There's no chance on hell that Penrith are going to get a single single fan. Uh, you know, or if there is, you're not going to hear them because it'll be a very pro storm crowd at Suncorp who yeah. you know, got named the grand final. Was it today? Yep. Officially. Yeah. Um, well deserved. I, I, I don't think there will be anyone that would be opposed to that decision. No. Um, if, you know, no. Queensland are more than deserving of a grand final. And, you know, I, I reckon the rate. If Suncorp was bigger, you could make a case that the, the grand final rotates every couple of years. But uh, this is their chance. And I'll, you know, we've seen how good it is with full stadiums there. It's a great place to watch footy. Um, yeah. I think it'll be a pretty good spectacle. But I, I, I am, I, like, what I'm. Again. What I'm glad about probably with both footy sets of footy finals is that they've been able to find states where there is crowds able to go. Um, yeah. That, like, you know, if it can't be us, I'd, I'd rather watch it with crowds in the stands. It's a different game. It's just yeah, better, definitely. better feeling. That, those fake cheers are just starting mm. to piss me off now. So. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. The, the one spanner in the works is, you know, <laughs> every single year there's always a... Uh, an upset in one of these finals, right? Whether it's week one or week two. Um, well, I'm going to the Titans, mate. Looking at these four games, yeah. I'm telling you, boys, it's the Rabbitohs. Yeah, I wouldn't be first. opposed to that. I mean, I, I, I'd like that. I can't, can't see it personally. Uh, listen, I think if there's going to be an upset, I think it would be the Knights beating Parramatta and knocking them out. Um, That's but, not an upset, mate. <laughs> that's expected. That's expected. Well, okay, Nugget. If it's not an upset, then you know, if if you look at the lineups, I think um, where where the Knights will win this game is in the forwards. You know, you, Safidis, Brayleys, Frizzell, Barnett, Connor Watson. That they can match it with their Parramatta pack, but they they need to all you know play nine or ten out of ten games in order for that to happen. They need to they need to channel the ninety seven or two thousand the two thousand one. Go 2001. Go to it because I was against, uh, against Parramatta. So. And then yeah. Pong is going to need to score two tries. And, you know, he can do that quite easily. Um, so mm. I think it should be should be a good game Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know. Um, the end of the season is a bit of a drag, but finals are here, which is good. Absolutely. A big weekend up on the couch, boys. Going to be yeah. Beers. Big footy. Monster well, locked in. Just quickly before we finish the episode, boys, so I just posted something that you guys will see in the messenger group that, Kings, Sydney Kings, their training has been suspended after a player tested positive to COVID-19. So, uh, the uh, yes, unfortunately, the NBL season starting in November may be a threat, but who knows? Everything's meant to change in a month anyway. So, Wow. Mm. There you go. When, when's the NBL due to start again, did you say? Oh, they moved it to November, I believe. I think it's the end of November they were going to start, I think. So, so it's not really that, that much of a news story, is it? So January 5, stay posted for the NBL kickoff. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So oh, on the topic of basketball, uh, Ben Simmons is currently being shopped around or tried by his management to find a new home. Yeah. Um, that is the current... Currently, the the biggest story in the NBA because they're in that sort of uh, two to three week lull where there's not much going on. You know, summer league's done three weeks before um, training, training camp. camp. So all the uh, podcasters and the journo's are just sort of you know, waiting for these stories to uh, you know just basically manufacturing stories. Yeah. So all all the talk is where is Ben Simmons going to get traded to? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people are refreshing their Twitter feeds every morning to see if there's any news overnight. 
any breaking woge bombs and so forth. Uh, Naka, where are we at with the Simmons situation with uh, Philly? It seems to have soured quite significantly since the last time we spoke. Well, I, look, I don't think it's gotten any worse than what it already was from the like from the end of last season. I mean, it, when your coach throws you under the bus like he like he did at the end of that playoff game, I'm not saying I'm not sticking up for Ben. I'm just saying, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think he was ever going to play for Philadelphia again. You know, I don't think I don't think you could. Um, and I think that was fairly obvious. I think I think what's gotten probably uh, more complicated is the the relationship between him and the team in finding him a destination. Um, and and I think partly that's because, you know, if you want to criticise Ben for not dunking the ball in the fourth quarter or not shooting it enough across the season, surely you've got to criticise Daryl Murray for acting like he's on heroin and asking for basically a, a king's ransom in return for Ben. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, you can't, like, I understand that you don't want to give the guy away, but he was basically asking for people's firstborn children. It's ridiculous, right? Like, I mean, it's, what is it, you know, it's just not going to happen, mate. And, you know, and yet, and so, you know, this, this situation will resolve itself. There is no way Philadelphia want a disruptive force like that happening when they know they're not going to move forward and want to use Ben as their point guard moving forward. Yeah. Right. So, um, so where do I think he'll go? Uh, I think he will probably end up somewhere like, um, like, uh, potentially Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think best case scenario, Sacramento, because that's in California and that's probably where, you know, they they might be able to put together a package. Uh, worst case scenario for him, he'll end up in Minnesota because it's a shit place to live. I've been to Minnesota and it is an absolute fucking hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I was there when it was warm, so I can't yeah. imagine how bad, how awful it would be in the winter, which is one of the coldest places you you had some mail treaty that you thought that the Spurs were in the mix here. I haven't heard that, but that's yeah, yeah. I've, I've there's been a, a little bit of uh, rumors floating around on on the Twitter sphere that the, the Spurs are interested. And, and the interesting thing about the Spurs, I'm not sure whether this is tight whether this ties in or not. But one of our own Aussies, Matt Nielsen, who's been over there uh, in the Spurs development system as a as a coach, uh, assistant coach on the Boomers in the Olympics. Just uh, today, it was announced that he got promoted to an assistant coach uh, on the Spurs bench. Uh, and we know that Jock Landale is with the team uh, as a rookie. So, you know, by promoting Nielsen, you know, maybe the Spurs, you know, potentially have a plan. Well, they certainly have the assets to, to make a trade uh, for Simmons. Um, and whether, you know, some familiarity with an Australian presence with Nielsen there, Jock Landale there, um, you know. Uh, whether that's that, that that might be a good thing for basketball Australia, you know, if he ends up on the Spurs um, in that particular system, very well regarded with international players. Um, one thing about the Spurs, which you know a lot of fans may not know, unless you are you know invested in that, so they got a guy called Chip England who is highly regarded, or if not regarded, as the best former shooting coach in the world. So a lot of the criticism of Ben recently has been. You know the fact that his his uh, inability or reluctance to to shoot the ball, um, but if you can put him in a team with you know a culture that that you know allows him to, to to do what he does, but has you know one of the best shot mechanics in the world employed by the team, 
then yeah. um, you know maybe, maybe they, they they can see that they, they can help fix that problem. Um, you know the thing about San Antonio, it's 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 out of the way. It's a fairly small market. Um, you know, so for, for for the attention on Ben, some of that may may ease, but it's whether or not Ben or his management want to actually be in in that small market, which I kind of think that uh, he's represented by Clutch Sports. Um, I think they want to have all their clients in in big markets. So mm. I think ultimately he'll end up in on on the West Coast. Um, you know, Sacramento looked like the most likeliest in terms of a trade package, but I still wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the Warriors or the Clippers. Um, it won't happen with the Lakers. I think he yeah. might eventually go there as a free agent. And down, and I think that's line, but... I think that's the downturn in that I can't see Pop putting up with clutch sports as shit. So. I don't think he'll go to San Antonio. Well, the other thing too is, you know, how long is he going to be there? Um, I, you know, mm. might have one more year left in him. Um, because, yeah, because well, I think, and it's look, it's a a tried and uh, proved program there with San Antonio. And I think if he came in with the way they run their business and so on, I don't think, yeah, they wouldn't. It's no, you do it our way, not. Not the yeah. clutch sports way. So I think that you're right. He'll end up West Coast somewhere. Yeah. But, but at the same time, as each day clicks on, each week goes over, it's, I think it's going to be very reduced as to, well, what Philadelphia actually end up with. So, yeah. Agents having influence in the <clears throat> NBA has always been a thing, you know, whether it be through the, the 80s, the 90s, you know, David Falk was a, yeah, much maligned agent. You know, I think he represented Michael Jordan at one point. Mm. Um, but the power that the clutch sports wield now is, is pretty significant. So, you know, yeah. a, a lot of teams will pander to an agent's request to sign a guy, one, one of the lesser known guys, to a contract on the threat that you know, well, my my biggest stars, you know, we might force a trade, or he, he'll only sign a a one or two year deal instead of you know um, a four year deal. So you can. Agents can essentially use one guy to hold another guy or another team's ransom for the sake of someone else. Yeah, I just read. I read that um, Simmons gets paid, so Ben gets paid his salary. He elected for this to happen. This is the way it works. I think maybe you can do this. I don't know. Um, he gets paid twenty five percent of his salary every season on the first of July, and then on the first of October he gets another twenty five percent. So. That means in like three weeks' time or whatever, on the first of October, he will get quite a substantial pay, right? Like so, and then after that, I think middle of November, he gets twelve instalments of the other fifty percent. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's interesting. I just find that interesting. <laughs> well, so, considering I mean, considering so, the question I mean, going if on, if you're looking at it from from a trade perspective, if there's a large chunk of cash coming from the team that you're currently employed by that's due on mm. you know, the 1st of October. Yeah. Which is, you know... 8.2. So you get paid 8.2 million by my rough calculation. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a team that uh, is a small market team or you're just coming out of a, a pandemic or where your, your revenue is low, yeah. this is obviously will be translated in any trade talks. Well, shit, we've got to pay this guy a lump sum of 8, 8 million. Yeah, yeah. You know, then that obviously gives the agency leverage... Um, to you know, get those teams to shy away from making a trade, yeah. or you know, the likelihood of going to a, a team in a larger market that has disposable income to actually cough up the money, and you know, potentially offer, you know, 
um, less than than what the Sixers want. You know, mm. all, all, there's a lot of stuff that comes into play that that that, that, that your fans, even guys like us, aren't that privy to uh, when it comes to, to sort of finer details like you just referenced. So, uh, I mean, I don't think Simmons will be on the Sixers come training camp, which is you know I think within the next three weeks he'll he'll have a new home, and I think it'll be in the Western Conference on one of those Kellett, well, three. You can discount the Lakers. I think it'd be Clippers, Warriors, or Kings, I think. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers are going to be involved. They're pretty much set their roster now, haven't they? They're not. Yeah, and the smoke is the Blazers. You know, the Blazers might go, I don't think they'll trade Lillard, but, you know, the Sixers might cave and go, all right, we can get CJ McCollum, Robert Mm. Cunnington, and and two picks for Simmons. And, you know, the Blazers might go, well, give us Maxi or Thibault. Didn't they trade Robert Covington the 76 What Didn't he used to play for them? Yeah, yeah, he already played for them. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, like in the NBA. But, you know, if, if you put him in McCollum, he, he'd slot back into that team pretty well. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, if I'm the Sixers, if they ask for Thibel, I'd tell him to go away. You know, there's no way you're giving up Thibel. He's one of the best defenders in the world. We've seen it. Well, you wouldn't give up You wouldn't give up your two best defenders, like I think. You wouldn't give up your two best on-ball defenders no. in the same trade. Like, you'd, no. you'd have rocks in your fucking head. Like, so, anyway. And given, and given Thibel's emergence, you know, at yeah. the Olympics and, and what he did... Or, you know, NBA defensive second team and only 20 minutes a game. Yeah. You know, he, he might he might get a starting role and then you can you can bring McCollum in, a, a shooting two guard and another on ball defender in, in Covington. Mm. So that trade might work, you know, Blazers with, you know, um, Simmons going to Portland. Um, yeah. Who knows? But whatever it is, he'll be in the West. Definitely. All right, boys. Good talk. Thanks, boys. Thanks, fellas. Thanks Big weekend of beers coming up. Daniel Andrews, thank you for the inspiration. Play it Um, out, Streety. Play it out. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me just uh, just say some other stuff while I bring it up. Any other interesting points in the world of sports? Oh, Ronaldo to Man U. Messi to um, PSG. Well, A lot of big big soccer stars changing teams. The Premier League started. Yeah, well, that's because of fiscal irresponsibility. That's because they're paying them too much. Not just them, but obviously all of their, their whole roster. And uh, it always catches up with you, mate, unfortunately. Yes. You cannot, Interestingly, the, the transfer yeah. fee for Ronaldo was zero. It was a free transfer fee. They just mm. uh, could have picked up his salary. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the pub is shut. See you next time. That's so he has the pub. That's Get on the beers, 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 beers. Case last week. As best we can tell, the dinner party started with one case by the end of the dinner party. Almost everyone had a case. Had the case of the years. This has been Sports and Spit, episode 58. It's time to get on the beers. Must be done. Get on the beers. All right. Simmons to the West. The Melbourne Demons win in the AFL. The Storm or the Panthers win the NRL. We love the Paralympians. Get on the beers. We'll see you next time for 59. Adios, amigos.